0: World Podcast where changing the world starts with changing your home with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish World Podcast. I'm so excited that you're with us today. And we are talking about weddings today. It was such a joyful, exciting thing. And maybe you just found out that your son and daughter or daughter want to get uh, married or maybe your younger sister or brother or a close friend. And you find yourself in a situation where you are going to be a big part of planning that wedding. So I know that's happened to me many, many times as a pastor's wife or really having nothing to do with the wedding, but just being there at the wedding And last minute things haven't been taken care of. So I'm rushing around trying to do that. And then I've been the mother of the bride twice and had um, an exciting time um, planning the wedding with my daughters. So that is kind of, you know, my experience, lots and lots of weddings, lots and lots of very organized ones and lots of mm, not so organized ones. But in all of them over the years I've kind of come up with things that are really helpful for keeping things peaceful and keeping the joy level high. So I'm gonna share some of those things with you today. And I, I want to start with you just found out someone's engaged and they're really excited about the wedding and if you're like me immediately I just start thinking of all the different things that have to be done and all the different decisions that have to be made. So the very first thing that I would encourage you to do is when you find out and just stop and celebrate and invest emotionally with the couple, because if the minute you find out you just start rattling through all the list of things that they have to do, it is really overwhelming for them. And they need they need a moment in time to really celebrate what's happened to them, because this is such a brand new thing and such an exciting thing. And one of the best things that you can do is celebrate with them, be excited with them and let them breathe and let them dream also one of the things i like to do after we celebrate and are excited and i i just say hey how about if we we pray together and ask god what is his will for this wedding and a lot of times we don't think to do that because for most of us i know when i was a little girl i planned my wedding from the time i was about 5 or 6 I had the color of the flowers planned, the color of the dresses, and I was just so excited as a little girl, as a teenager, as a young woman, to get married and to plan this wonderful wedding, and it really never occurred to me that it wasn't just about me, or God had a plan for my wedding, and so that is really the place to start is in everything that we do as believers, we want to honor the Lord and we want to do his will. And in a wedding, um, that's true too. It doesn't mean your dreams don't matter or what you want doesn't matter. Of course it does. But it's a matter of putting the Lord first in this situation. And one of the things my husband and I found out when we were putting praying for our own wedding is that the Lord really impressed upon our hearts to share the gospel and to proclaim Christ, to give a gospel invitation, and to just plan things in a way that Jesus was glorified and promoted in everything that we did. And that meant decisions like Mike at the reception didn't take off my garter because sometimes that can be awkward. And so we just decided not to do that. So with all that in mind, um, we know a few things that are God's will, that two people commit their lives to one another and to him and that the people there um, also commit to helping that marriage be successful. So those are just some things that we can start with. Now, once you commit the wedding to the Lord and pray, and I would just encourage you to keep covering it with prayer. One of the things, if you are the planner, like if you're the mother of the bride, you're most likely the wedding planner. Unless, I mean, most homeschool families, let's face it, we don't have, you know, like $50,000 to pay a wedding planner. I, I, I know they're not that much, but I'm just saying we usually are really needing to pinch pennies and cut a lot of corners and that is what I want to talk to you about because that's what we had to do we had to cut a lot of corners and save costs and and different things like that so the first thing I did with when both of my daughters got married is I invited them um, and their fiance to have dinner with my husband and I and I just said what is your perfect wedding and I just let them both share what they really wanted out of their wedding. And a lot of it was impractical and not possible, but that's okay because everybody needs to dream. They need to dream big. And a lot of times when you know people's dreams and you know what's in their heart, you can help them to have things to substitute that are just as good. For example, um, another young couple, I I also do this with young couples who get married in the church because a lot of times I end up helping them with their wedding. And so I took out this couple, Brian and Aisha, and we went to a little shop and we were talking and I said, so what is your dream wedding? And um, Aisha's dream was this outside wedding at this um, beautiful retreat center that was so expensive. It was way out of of the realm of possibility, but that gave me a clue that she wanted a wedding that was outside that felt old fashioned. Um, And so that was so neat. I thought, because what now I kind of knew what was in her heart and I could start looking for venues that maybe weren't this extravagant, You know, multi-million dollar location, but something that would still be beautiful and exciting. So before you get into all the planning and everything, remember and help the bride and groom remember you're throwing a party for your family and friends to celebrate your new marriage. So. A wedding is a party, and that can help you to realize that parties can be extravagant. They can be simple. You don't have to do everything that everyone else does. You can have a wedding with just cake and punch, and that would save so much money because food is one of the biggest expenses, and there's other ways that you can cut costs, but you are throwing a party. It is a celebration. And so when you're planning your wedding and reception, you don't just think in mind what you want. You think in mind of your family, your friends. Maybe you have a 90-year-old grandmother that's in a wheelchair. Maybe you have several young nieces and nephews that you really want there, but they are very uh, active, and so you have to think about them and what we did with my daughter rose 's wedding is we actually had a room that we were able to rent the whole place because it was not a Saturday or Sunday. And we actually had a room with things in the room for the kids so that if children got really active, they could just, their parents could take them into this room. We didn't have a babysitter or anything like that, but it was a place they could go in and do puzzles or they could read some of the books we had in there or just run around if they wanted to. There was nothing in there that they could break. So um, second Thing to think about is you definitely, definitely want to focus on the marriage. Well, that should really be the first thing. It's so much, we, so often during the time before of engagement, you're completely focused on the wedding and you forget, oh, we're getting married. We're spending the rest of our life together. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do to have a good marriage or to even stay married in this day and age. So I really encourage uh, premarital counseling with your pastor or trusted friend. And Mike and I have done premarital counseling for a long time. And we've actually, our our counseling is just really simple. It's just, just scripture. It's just going through biblical principles. And we have that for sale. It's called Before the Vows Are Made. And you can purchase that book at our website, powerlineprod.com, or you can purchase it on Amazon. But it's Before the Vows Are Made, and it's a premarital counseling book. And each week, the the bride and groom-to-be, Read scripture passages and answer some questions about how they're applying those principles in their life and how they need to grow. And then we talk about it. So focus on the marriage and make sure that marriage preparation is going on. Number three, a wedding planner is so essential and a timetable because there's so many little things. And if your daughters are like mine, they wanted to have the dream wedding with all the Little details, and so we had to have a timeline, and we, I would meet with them about once a week or once every other week, and we would just go through, you know, because they would be working on things, and I would be working on things, and we'd come together, and we would, you know, where are we at on the timeline and and what still has to be done? So a wedding planner with a timeline, essential, essential, essential. And of course I created a wedding planner for my daughters and that's available too. And I'll talk about that later, but, and then number four, remember God is the God of miracles. And that kind of goes back to the idea of dreaming big. Maybe, maybe you can't have a wedding on a tropical island in the middle of the Pacific and have all your friends come. You just can't afford that. But what if you had a tropical theme at your wedding and that would create part of that dream and maybe even be better than that dream because you wouldn't be in massive debt because you did it. So that those are just things to think of. Don't forget God in the equation. God is the God of miracles. And I know that When my oldest daughter got married, my friend Laura is, was the mother of the groom and she had to plan a rehearsal dinner and they did not have money to feed all the people in the wedding party and the out-of-town guests. And they were just like, Lord, what are we going to do? Well, when we, we got to rent a church that had been the church my mom and I had gone to as a little girl when I was a little girl she was my mom of course growing up and we we were able to rent the church and they threw they said oh of course you can have the rehearsal dinner here and they didn't add any extra cost so in the in the price that Mike and I were paying for the church that enabled them to have the rehearsal dinner there for free. So that was an answer to prayer. And then the next thing that happened is they had had this massive Italian food dinner at the church and they had made too much food. And they had a freezer full of delicious lasagna and ziti and all this food. And so They said, if you can use this, you can have it. So it was like, wow, that just cut the prices so much. Now, the next wedding that came along, Laura was able to, they were in a different place and Laura is able to um, pay for that. But it just shows how God is a God of miracles And he comes through when you don't have the money, that's okay because God has all the money in the world and he can provide things in such creative ways. Um, And then, you need a support team and the more people that you have, the better. And I'm actually going to talk about stress-free free free weddings. Part two is all about your team and using your team. So some things might come up where I talk about, oh, I had this person do this and this person do that. But if you want to know more about how to work with the team and how to get people on your team and position them in the right place to help you, that is part two. So definitely, Listen to part two. And then when you you need a support team and your bride and groom have a support team, the wedding party. And of course, I'm going to talk about this in part two, but make sure the wedding party knows that they're there to help with the wedding. They're not just there to look beautiful or handsome up at the top of the church, but they're actually there to support the bride and groom by helping in practical ways. So let's get started. So what are some of the tasks that you have to handle when you are thinking about planning a wedding? The first thing I like to think about is the ceremony because that is the most important thing. That's where two become one. They commit their life to each other. They make vows. So talk about with a bride and groom, what do they want? Do they want an intimate ceremony, a large ceremony? Some people want a very large ceremony and then a small reception which can feel a little awkward if you're invited to a ceremony, but not the reception. Other people want an intimate ceremony, but everyone can come to the reception. And also, you know, so I don't know, either way, whatever you want. The most important thing to ask is how can we honor Christ? How can we honor one another? How can we honor our parents and, you know, elderly guests and things like that? I know that some people, the bride and groom give a rose to the mom um during the ceremony which is super sweet. Um they do, uh, many people do a unity candle or a sand bottle where the the mothers of the bride, the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom uh, come and light the unity candle, then the bride and groom light it together. All those things can be really special. Having communion in our wedding, my husband sang to me in one of my daughter's wedding, another daughter and I both sang. Um, and so that was really special. Remember in the ceremony, you're getting ready for a marriage. So do things that remind everyone there and of course, the bride and groom do things that will help you keep your eye on Jesus. And the most important thing that you're taking a step of going from two individuals to one married couple then the next thing to think about is the guests. Who do you want to celebrate with you? The bride, the groom, the parents—they all are going to have their little lists of who they want to invite, and that is, you know, it's important to get all those lists together. We had um, we had very large families in my my daughters both married grooms with very large families and so there was a large guest list from them and then there was a large guest list from us and a large guest list from the bride from the groom and so we were able to go through and and prioritize it's hard i'm just telling you making a guest list is hard and i think the easiest way to do it is to have All the different people make their list and then come together and find out how many people that is and realize about half the people you invite will come. So if you can only afford to feed like a 100 people, it's okay to have a, a guest list of 200 because they won't all come. Even people who RSVP that they'll be there won't come. Now, what's really funny about our weddings is we've actually had people show up who were not invited, um, to all my husband and my wedding, to, <laughs> to my oldest daughter's wedding, to Jenny Rose's wedding. So it's kind of funny. Um, you also want to talk about invitations, save the dates. We had, when my daughter Kate got married, her husband made these Save the Dates and the invitations. She wanted kind of, she loved Jane Austen and she wanted uh, these, these beautiful profiles. And so he did their profiles and worked with the camera to get them. Oh, it's really, really cool. And then you want to think also about... Um gifts and thank yous. So all those people will be wanting to give you gifts and you'll need to write thank you notes. So those are just some of the things that you want to think about when it comes to guests. And then you'll have out of towners. Are you going to try to get a block at a hotel at a cheaper rate? Are people, are you going to house people? We actually housed people and we had friends that opened their home for our, for, for our out of town guests to stay with them. And that was really helpful. So in our own home, we just had family members and then other friends stayed at other places. So that's, those are all things to think about with our out of town guests. In the old days, we made maps, but with the last wedding, we didn't have to because, of course, we have GPS and everyone knows how to zip from one place to another. But those are all things that if you have a really good wedding planner, you have little charts for all of that stuff, and it just helps a lot. And then once you have the final guest list to put that in, don't forget to have the bride and groom register. And it's always nice to register at more than one place because there are people who just refuse to shop at Amazon or refuse to shop at Target and different things. So have several different options, but don't duplicate the list. So if you put the same thing on all three registries, you may get three of them. So think about that. Uh, the next thing that's important after you have the guest list pretty much set, and that can take a while, um, you want to choose a venue because if you have 200 guests versus 50 guests, you're going to be able to choose a different venue. And some really nice venues that are really good deals, they can actually be reserved way, way, way ahead of time. So make sure that you start looking right away for a venue. Now, I have to tell you a story. It's really embarrassing. But I I knew that my son-in-law, Diego, was going to propose to Jenny Rose. I knew that was going to happen. And he had asked our permission, and I knew he had a date set. And (laughs) so I was at this beautiful place that I know – my daughter loved, she talked about, she'd love to be married there. And I was there for something. I can't remember what I was there for, but I just ended up talking to the event planner and I said, okay, so what about um holidays like Martin Luther King Day? Because Martin Luther King Day is on a Monday I said, if you got married on a Monday, because they had this exorbitant price for the weekends and a really inexpensive price, well, comparatively, for the weekdays. And I said, what if we got married on Martin Luther King Day? Would that be a holiday price? Because holidays were, you know, high too. So she said, oh, we don't count that with the holiday price. So if we got married at Martin Luther King Day, and I quickly in my mind went through the guest list. A lot of people had the day off, or there was plenty of time to take the day off. And so we would just get this amazing price. And so I asked her, I said, if I reserve the venue, can I unreserve it at no cost? And she said, oh, yeah, you know, you have until this date to get your money back. So I actually... (sighs) I actually just reserved it, and then I thought, okay, I can't believe I did this, and then I, of course, waited until they were engaged, and then I talked to them about the idea, and then um they ended up liking the idea, so I didn't have to go and get my down payment back. But that it actually is embarrassing. It was just so hard to get really nice places around here for the time they went to get married. But anyway, so they ended up getting married on a Monday on Martin Luther King Day, Junior Day. Martin Luther, yes, Martin Luther King Junior Day. And it ended up being such a blessing for us because it really freed up a lot. We had a certain budget and that freed up a lot. So what we decided to do... Um, Katie Beth got married at a church in beautiful historic Sanford and then the reception was a block away very convenient very close the grounds were beautiful we our church at the time of both weddings was meeting in a storefront and it just wasn't a really attractive place for a wedding plus it was pretty small so with Rose, we, they had a beautiful room, like a sunroom, and she had the wedding there, and then the reception was in the ballroom next door. So that was really a beautiful place, and no one had to leave, and what we did for pictures in between was on, on the patio, They serve refreshments. So that was something that we did. So choosing a venue, if you belong to a church, sometimes churches give really discounted prices to their members, and you can use the church and the reception hall. And a lot of churches have really nice um, sanctuaries and reception halls, so that can work out really well um photography is another really important thing to think about because photos last a lifetime all this other stuff you pay so much money for for the day but then what you have left is photos so i encourage you for my daughters they both wanted Photography was so important to them that they actually paid half of the photographer um, and and we did get a little bit more expensive photographer, but they were so happy with the pictures. We also had um, our guests, some of our guests we asked them specifically who were good photographers to take pictures. And of course, not to take pictures the whole time, but they ended up giving us some really beautiful pictures and one thing I love that people do is they put cameras on the table. But now with cell phones, you can just take a lot of cell phones and then you can have a place online where people can upload their photos and everyone can kind of share. So don't forget photography because that, I think, is a really special part of the moment. And, again, all those checklists and things in a wedding planner um and That really helps. Another big thing and a big expense of weddings is food. Now, I've talked about photography, I've talked about venues, but you have to realize that you can have a venue completely free if you have a wedding in your backyard. You can have a wedding in your backyard and a reception in your backyard. And if you want, you can buy one of those big tents. And if your backyard is small, you may have a friend that would say, sure, you can have a wedding at my house. So venues don't have to be thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars. And for photography, for free photography, you could have a friend who would be willing to take those pictures. And I would, I always encourage people when they do have a friend do something like that to get at least a gift card to give to them as a thank you if not writing them out a check um food food is a huge expense and i think that that is something the bride and groom should talk about with the parents usually it's the bride um paying for the wedding but in in some cultures Uh, The bride and the groom's parents both get together and pay for the whole wedding. So in that case, everyone getting together, talking about the food. And, you know, it's really important to include the groom, the groom's parents, the bride, the bride's parents, because people have things they're really passionate about. And you may not know unless you sit down and you just talk. And otherwise, you can make a decision. It can be really hurtful to someone involved in the wedding, and they don't say anything, but there begins to be a wall that builds. So it's really good to talk about expectations. And so what are you going to do with the food? Now, I decided Kate and Zach invited a lot of people to their wedding, and so I decided well, we'll do the food ourselves. We won't get a caterer. We'll do it ourselves. And I had a bunch of people sign up. They were willing to make the food. So I bought turkeys. I bought hams and other things. I bought all the ingredients, but I gave it to people. They were willing to make the food and to bring it. And then I hired a woman who would come in for the day and and she would put out all the food. I just had to pay her a hundred dollars. She would put out all the food and keep the serving dishes filled and keep things running smoothly. Well, uh, a few days before the wedding, she called me there was a family emergency. She could not do the food, but she got a friend to fill in. Well, this woman that I asked to do was very administrative. The person she got to fill in was not very administrative. So I spent a lot of the reception, in the kitchen, answering questions and things like that. So I decided for the second wedding that we would do a caterer. And I have to tell you, when the whole thing was done, we spent the same amount of money for both weddings. So caterers aren't necessarily an expensive idea when you end up doing the food yourself, unless you have people who will buy and prepare the food. And if you have a really big family, a lot of times big families can get together and do that, or a really close-knit church family or group of friends. So that is definitely an option. But when you're buying everything and people are just preparing it, it ends up being a lot of money, but then also you need to do something to say thank you to all the people that help prepare the food. So, you know, just weigh all those options when you're thinking about it. I just want to give you a few different options for food. You can just have cake and punch. That is what my they did in my grandmother's day. They just had cake and punch and they had a pretty punch bowl with an easy punch in it and then a beautiful cake. And that is doable price-wise. You could have a dessert bar. You have to plan the time of your wedding so that people aren't hungry for a meal. But you could have a dessert bar. You could just serve different desserts and, of course, coffees. And another thing you could do is you could have an early morning uh you could have an early morning wedding, say 9 or 10 o'clock, and then have a breakfast or brunch buffet. Now, of all the young women I know in my world, married or unmarried, that 9 o'clock wedding would never come off because they would never be ready in time for a 9 o'clock wedding. <laughs> but I'm sure there are women out there who could be ready at for a 9 o'clock wedding, and you could have a breakfast or brunch buffet. You can have a sit-down dinner. You could have a casual lunch buffet or a dinner buffet. There are so many different options when it comes to food. So think about your budget and then figure out what you can do with your budget. We ended up with our first wedding. We ended up getting our cake from Publix, who does a beautiful job with cakes if you live in the southeast. Um, but then for our second one, we just ended up going with the caterer because when we were there, we just asked her, well, do you make cake? And she did. And we did a taste test and they, it was delicious and, and, and included at a lower price with the catering. So, um, that is food, of course, is very important to your guests. And that is why food is such a big deal. The other thing to consider is clothing. What does your bride want to wear? And what she wants to wear determines what the mother of the bride, mother of the groom wear, what the bridesmaids wear, what the guys wear. So the wedding gown is probably pivotal in setting the tone, the mood of the whole wedding. I usually ask a bride and groom what what do you what do you want the feel to be like? Shabby chic has been really popular for weddings for quite a while. So maybe by the time you're listening to this it's not in anymore, but Oh my goodness, that is wonderful for decorations, but I'll get to decorations in a minute. So go shopping. Um, brides love to go shopping with their future bridesmaids, try on a ton of different wedding gowns. They love to go with their moms, the mother of the groom, like you can include grandmoms. Um, and don't just, don't just go once. Now I went to go shopping for a bridal dress with my mom. And the first dress I tried on, we both looked at each other. We're like, this is the one. But that doesn't usually happen. Or maybe that one is the one, but you still want to try on 890 other dresses to make sure. So um, find that wedding gown. And then from the wedding gown, you move into all the other clothing. Um, the mother of the bride has the honor of, by picking out her dress first, and then she should show the mother of the groom what she chose, and then the mother of the groom can pick out her dress. Um, So those are just uh, things to think about with clothing. And again, if you're going to go wedding gown shopping with your daughter, if, if you're a mom and you're listening to this, don't don't be on an agenda like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to get this wedding down, but rather make it a time about bonding with her, having fun with her, go to lunch or coffee before or after, and just make it a special time because if you have an agenda and then she doesn't find anything she likes, it's gonna. She's going to feel hurt and anxious. You're going to feel stressed. So to keep the stress level down when you're planning a wedding, Focus on relationship. When you're doing these things together, don't just think of getting the task done, but think about we're building a relationship by doing this together. And that goes so far into keeping things joyful, keeping things peaceful. And again, I keep stressing the wedding planner, but when you have a timetable and a wedding planner, it helps so much because I I dealt with one bride and bless her heart, she could not decide what she wanted. And we were a week out from the wedding and she still didn't know what decorations she wanted. And that created so much turmoil and so much stress for all the people who were helping her. And they were so gracious about it. But you can't do that because that's selfish. You want to, when you are planning a wedding, there are things you have to get done months before the wedding so that the, the people on your team who are helping you, they're set up for success and you're showing honor to them by being very clear with what you want. So that leads me into directions, directions. That leads me into decorations and decorations really give the whole feel and atmosphere. They actually, the bride's dress, the tuxedos, the beautiful dresses, the mother of the bride and groom wear and the, the, all of that is part of the decoration, really. So you, you want to make sure there's a blending of all of those things together. For example, at the head table, if you have beautiful bouquets, then the bridesmaids and the bride put their bouquets down, and that creates a beautiful table. So you don't really need much more. So realize that decorations are not just things you put on the table or, you know, you put a plant here in the corner, but decorations are also the clothing that everybody is wearing because it creates that atmosphere. So I wanted to share some things about shabby chic cuz that is such an easy thing to do because you just go into your attic, you go get the go go to grandma's house, get the old furniture, the old things. With one wedding that we did a friend of ours and we helped decorate I got out an old typewriter and opened it up and put like some flowers on it and that was shabby sheep. That's what was so wonderful. It was like old junk with flowers. No, I'm, I mean, that's not really what it is, but that's kind of what we almost did. There were so many things we could use. We did not have to buy things. And that's what was so nice. Um And speaking of decorations, and I'll share this more in the team building, but what I did with my daughter's wedding that was so helpful was that we had a night where We knew all the things in the reception and the ceremony room that we would have to set up, like the different tables, the photo booths and everything like that. And then each person on the wedding party and a couple of friends were in charge of that location. And so we did a mock setup at my house and everybody set up their place and then we all went around and we tweaked it and then we took photos and then each location had its own tote and the photo, I developed the photo and taped the photo to the front of the tote. And that way, when we got to the wedding, people pulled out the tote and the photo was right there and they just redid what they had done at the practice thing and setup was a snap. It was so quick. And that was the, probably the best wedding tip I could give you if you're setting if you're doing the decorating because it made everything so easy now I just want to tell you that we did the decorating for both of my daughter's weddings and the the first wedding that we did the decorating was extravagant because there was nothing there I mean it was an ugly ugly room it wasn't a a place that you know if you did weddings, you had to really make it beautiful, and we had a friend in the church who made a dance floor. They created a dance floor that was gorgeous with lanterns and tool and oh my goodness, it was beautiful, but we did all we did all the setup we set up all the tables we i mean we worked. A lot. We worked very hard setting everything up and doing it. And the real key to that was our team, our teamwork and how we work together. And I'm going to talk about all that in um, part two. But so with the decorations, think about the feel that you want and then step back and look at the overall thing because you don't have to have a ton of stuff to create an overall feel that you want at the wedding. Um, money. The last thing to talk about is money. Make a budget at the beginning and avoid debt. Keep your priorities. I asked both of my daughters at the very beginning, what matters to you most and what do you want to remember? And my oldest daughter, what mattered to her most was the people being able to include everyone she wanted to include and not leave anyone out. And for my second daughter this was so funny. Um she said I want the wedding to start on time. <laughs> I mean most weddings don't start on time. That was really important to her and she was marrying into a Hispanic family and um that this particular one happened to Often run late. So, you know, the groom sat down with this family and said, This is what my my bride to be really wants. And I have to tell you, it is the only wedding I've ever been to where it started on time, but I knew that was a priority to her. So I set things in place. And there was one person, a good friend of mine, whose only job was to get my daughter down the aisle on time. And she, you know, she was a task person, so she was able to do it. And then I also asked them, what do you want to remember? So that gives you a feel of where the money goes. So we're not going to cut money here, but we will cut money here. So my mom asked me, you know, what, what matters to you? And flowers was really important to me. So You know, we were paid a little bit more money for flowers and less money for cake and some other things. So that those are just things to think about. I kept saying that when you're planning a wedding, a wedding planner with a timetable is essential. And you're going to do things like plan the ceremony, the itinerary, plan the reception, plan the itinerary. Choose, are you going to have someone who's an MC to kind of, you know, give um direction to the night. If you have a band played, the band will usually do that. The band leader, or if you have a disc jockey um playing music, he will usually do that. So do you want to do that? Are you gonna have that? How to choose music and musicians, how to pick out um picking out addressing and mailing invitations, hiring photographers. And um I created a wedding planner for my daughters that has all of these things. It has worksheets where you can get prices from different places and compare them along with what, what they actually offer. Um, you can make, um, you can have, you have a timeline that is, you know, 12 months out six months out, three months out, two months out, one month out. So you know that you're on schedule and everything is coming together that you need to come together. And this, our, our ultimate Christian wedding planner is available at powerline prod. There's a link in the show notes and there is also a, um, there's also in print at Amazon if you buy the ebook at Powerline Prod, you can just print the pages that you need. Um, the ebook is all printed for you, and I just love it. It has a family trees, memory pages, comparison pages, budget worksheets, vendor payment tracking charts, table arrangement planners, everything that you can think of and what I also added is prayers and studies and meditations to help prepare to be a godly wife. I give some of my wisdom. Where do wedding traditions and symbols come from? What is the wedding protocol? Who's responsible for what? And lots of encouragement. Because weddings are an important event, not just in the bride and groom's life, but in both of their families and their friends. It's a new thing, a transition. And so thank you so much for sharing this time with me. And I hope your wedding planning goes amazingly well. See you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.